This is Pave It Black. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. I'm Brad Williams. And today we're here to talk about three little letters, which if contractors are not familiar with, they're going to have to get familiar with very, very soon. And those three letters are EPDs, or Environmental Product Declarations. Now, in 2017, NAPA launched their Emerald Ecolabel program, which was an environmental product declaration program for asphalt mixtures. Now, since that time, many producers are still not familiar with environmental reporting and environmental product declarations and what they could even do for us. So today I'm hoping to understand a little better about how asphalt companies can incorporate EPDs into their operations and then also learn a little bit more about ways companies utilize environmental reports to communicate with their customers and possibly others that their companies are interacting with. So to help us understand a little bit more about environmental product declarations, we've invited Heather Dilla from Construction Partners Incorporated and CJ Hoy from Wiregrass Construction to briefly come and talk to us about this today. So welcome to the podcast, Heather and CJ. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do at CPI and Wiregrass? We'll start with Heather. Sure. As Richard said, my name is Heather Dilla, and I am the VP of Sustainability and Innovation at Construction Partners Incorporated. We are the holding company of five operating companies. Wiregrass is one of our operating companies. We also have King Asphalt, Scrubs, CWR, and Fred Smith. We operate in five different states. There's Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. At CPI, I am responsible for leading their sustainability program and also working with each of the operating companies in moving forward some of their sustainability efforts as well as innovation. I'm Cesar Hoy, and I'm a plant engineer with YRS Construction. Um, I kind of do a little bit of everything from um, plant reporting and plant operations uh, all the way down to environmental EPDs. All right. Well, thanks for being here. One of the first things I was kind of curious if I could get from you guys is from an asphalt producer's perspective, what is an EPD? And then maybe from there, could you give me an elevator pitch of why contractors should look at using them or why they're important? Sure. So environmental product decorations are reports that document and communicate your environmental footprint of asphalt mixtures of your product. What makes them very unique is everybody with the asphalt paving industry follows the same rules for asphalt mixtures. So that means they are comparable, provided that your mix is going to have the same performance. So if you're expecting both mixes are going to perform the same, you can compare these EPDs. There are various indicators, environmental impacts that are reported on this report. By far the most common referenced impact is global warming potential, and which is reported in your CO2 equivalents, carbon dioxide equivalents. One of the reasons why I think it's important for the asphalt industry to get engaged with getting these reports and publishing them is there's a growing interest to reduce our carbon footprint and the, especially the carbon footprint of our building materials, which we would call the embodied carbon portion of it. So that's upstream and what it takes to create 
the building products that we use today in construction. And because of this, a lot of policymakers are pushing for various products, but they often don't know what is the label system, what is the product that is so-and-so net zero, let's say, or with zero carbon emissions. And as such, there's various terms and labeling systems that are being pushed. And by far, some of them are black boxes. We have no clue where they are. Some of them are just a material that claims that they have zero embodied carbon or zero greenhouse gas emissions. But is it true? I don't know. And EPDs is the transparent way and fair way to communicate that data effectively to our customers. So that's one of the reasons I see EPDs in the asphalt industry should embrace them is because, again, there's many different other metrics out there that are being pushed and we don't own them. We don't understand them. Whereas the NAPA EPD program has a tool. We understand the rules. We own those rules in the sense that we are part of the process of creating how we calculate our environmental footprint. We understand it a lot better than the other systems that are being pushed forward. I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, CJ, to share some of his insights on why he thought EPDs are important. I think when it comes to EPDs, like Heather was saying, it gives us a kind of like a rule or a standard to be able to quantify our environmental impact, not only because it's good for the environment, but in the same sense, we can use the same data that we're collecting to determine our efficiencies when it comes to producing asphalt or making a mix design or even transportation. A lot of times people will consider transportation as a big a big cost because, you know, if you transport it five miles or you transport the material 100 miles, you have a difference there. The EPD takes that into consideration, but also takes into consideration when it comes to the actual manufacturing process, which from what I've seen, a lot of times isn't considered. Things like natural gas versus burner fuel is a great way to reduce that impact while also being able to quantify, is it cost-effective? Kind of one of the great things about the NAPA program is that it allows you to compare and contrast what's good versus what's bad, and if it is good, what's the cost, or is there a cost savings to it? Yeah, and the optimizer tool even especially gives you that opportunity to compare both environmental and economic impacts of the decisions that you're making on kind of a mix-by-mix basis. And so the next question, I want to go back to you, CJ. And I know Heather's been in the weeds on EPDs for years and years, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But from your standpoint, as a plan engineer, can you share a little bit about your experience of starting out in this? Because I'm pretty sure EPDs weren't something that you were taught in school or that kind of familiar with. And what was your process in learning about EPDs, but then also diving into the eco-label tool as you started producing EPDs for your plants? Was it something that was fairly easy? Do you have advice you would give to contractors who are starting out on this for the first time? I just want to hear a little bit about your experience. To me, it was fairly easy. We keep track of a lot of the data that required for the actual EPD program, that you know, the data that it was asking for. There was a couple things that we didn't necessarily track, but it was very easy to find. A lot of our utilities and things like that, we don't track on a daily basis, but we have invoices or we have reports that can show us our monthly data. Is there anything you would say to contractors? Is it harder? Is it less scary? 
I think the eco label tool or the EPD tool in general was fairly easy to use. I mean, I didn't have any major struggles with it. The hardest part was actually collecting the data. I've noticed talking to some of our other our companies that we all collect data differently, but we all generally have the data. We always have it somewhere in some file. So it was really easy to take that data, aside from a couple things, collect it, and then plug it into the tool. Like I said, the hardest part was actually getting that data. But once I had the data in front of me, I was able to plug it in real quick and then use that tool for my own personal use, like I said, with the optimizer and be able to compare and contrast various things. When it comes to a contractor, I think it's a great tool because at least we didn't have, I don't know about the rest of our companies, but we didn't really keep track of our energy output. And our energy output is really a big thing a big cost and not keeping track of it it was something we wanted to do but we just we never really did it but now with the dvd program we have to keep track of it on a monthly basis it allows us kind of just to fully and be wounded when it comes to tracking data so richard mentioned it but heather i know you were involved with the origination of the eco label program or software um, when you were here working at napa and I was hoping you could maybe think back and share if, about your vision for the program. Is this kind of where you pictured it would be taking us? And is the tool what you pictured would be helping the industry in the ways that it is with environmental reporting? Yes, it is definitely on track in, in the same direction that I envisioned it. Pace may be different, but I've been told I'm impatient. So. Let's just put it that way. In general, when we first put it together, it was funny because we wanted all the bells and the whistles of the tracking. A lot of what led up to the optimizers, we really wanted in the tool. But the contractors were a little hesitant. They didn't really understand what the APDs would be, what it would mean, what data would need to be collected. Is it more exhaustive than what they typically collect? which I know CJ did a great job explaining. It's not. It's all the typical things that we are collecting. It's just gathering it and putting it in. And it's very simple. And I think one of the most rewarding moments of the tool release was the beta testing when we had contractors like CJ and others from the industry. CJ wasn't there at that time, but individuals that have similar roles of CJs came in and tested the tool themselves. And we planned for, I think, a full day, and it took half the time needed. And typically for a beta test, I think you're expecting errors to come up and not to work smoothly. And it was, they picked up on it so fast and immediately started asking, well, why can't we do this? Why can't we do these scenario analysis? Well, this would be great if I could get this level of detail. And they really saw the power of the tool of being able to analyze the data and not just analyze the data from the quantities used, but also relate that to environmental footprint, or, you know, as the optimizer tool can also the dollar saved, the economic impact. So it was, to me, very rewarding to see how my end vision was a more robust tool, which we definitely now have, but we, we didn't create it in the beginning. And because that was, it took time to get everybody on board. But once they saw that Envision, it took off. And now you do see the optimizer tool. There's certainly areas of improvements that I would love to see get incorporated into the tool. One is warm mix additives and 
additional data sets. But the other one is now, and I think now is an optimal time to start working on this, is the introduction of EPDs because EPDs from our material suppliers, such as aggregate binders, are becoming a possibility. So I know aggregates are working on getting their EPD tool up and ready. The binder industry may come up with some EPDs in the future, which would be great. I know additives have. And so the idea is we could choose the actual purchase and use that as a publicly available generic data set for these inputs as well. And so I think that would be a great next step for the tool in the future. So there's a lot of things going on in this space right now. And I know there are states and there are agencies and groups that are starting to ask for these, but the, the reality is a tool needs to be beneficial to the customer and a contractor needs to find some benefit in that data as well, or it would be ideal if they could find it. And so CJ, you mentioned a little bit about talking about improving efficiencies or looking at fuel sources, but what are some opportunities or some other areas where analyzing the data that's used to produce an EPD or even the results of it are beneficial for asphalt companies from just a business management standpoint. Like I said before, the electricity and your burner fuel and the, the big hitters when it comes to money, you know, the things that cost a lot are the things that your company you're gonna, is going to look at. And because of that optimizer tool, you are allowed to compare and contrast. And as a company, that's, that's great. I think being able to collect this data and having external reason being this EPD also gives the company reason to look at everything. You know, like I said before, a lot of times companies don't look at everything, you know, month by month by month, where in this case, it allows you to look at it and actually it'll output efficiencies or a global warming potential per ton of asphalt. And that's the great thing because you can compare each plant to one another. If you have multiple plants like Laregrass does, you could compare plant to plant and then determine, okay, one plant is doing a lot better. Okay, why? Is it they have newer motors, so the efficiencies are better on each motor? Uh, is it the operator? Is it the fact that you're running more tonnages with less shutdowns and startups? The more tons you can run with less shutdowns and startups, the better your efficiency is going to be and the less power you're going to use in the long run, or at least per ton. So being able to look at that and kind of plan out your days better can actually give you a, a legitimate cost. It can actually give you a cost savings rather than, well, well, we know it's better, but we don't know how much better. And I think this tool allows you to not only collect the data, but then have it to be able to use it for other purposes aside from just the environmental impact. And one area I would add that CJ didn't touch on was also the mixed design side point, because you come from a very plant aspect. And so if you were to look at an EPD, the A3, which is the production, that's where a lot of that energy efficiency that CJ was mentioning. But then we looked a lot also at different mixed designs and what could be the potential savings if our specs opened up and allowed for more wrap or different recycled materials as well. But it's nice that it's broken up into your materials, which would get into that mixed design component. The transport, which CJ did mention earlier about how sometimes we overlook the transport of materials. And I know through conversations, 
We have yet to get our Florida ones done, but Florida barges a lot of aggregate. So their transport is much higher than certain areas, as well as the production side of things. If we look two, five, maybe 10 years into the future, I'm curious to hear how you see the need for this tool going. And then I'm also kind of curious if you see the need for other tools or other resources that the industry is going to be looking for to really be prepared for what's coming or where this is going to go with environmental reporting? In two to three years, in the short term, I think we're going to see more and more of the industry, at least I hope more and more of the industry, getting EPDs and really understanding and analyzing it. It would be great to see some of the DOTs starting to do the same, and I would encourage our industry to encourage our state partners to do that, only because there's such a pressure, like I mentioned, from federally or top-down policies to implement green public procurement, which would use such labels and could use EPDs for making procurement decisions. And the reason why I encourage our industry to work with state, our state partners now is it's much better to drive those policies and lead it than rather than be dragged behind. And we've seen some states through the past 10 years of following this, I think, Richard, right? It's been a while with California having something implemented to it's spreading to proposals in Washington, Oregon, Minnesota, and now Colorado. So it is spreading fast. And I know there's also a federal initiative as well being discussed. But like I said, the policies that are getting pushed down from the top often are up faster than where we are at a level of what's the best implementation process, which is why I think it's in our best interest to start using them now and start learning how to how they work. In the further beyond, let's see, you said longer time frame, I think we'll see more and more states using EPDs, but then looking, hopefully looking at a broader life cycle assessment. So they would gather the information and understand what the environmental footprint of their project was and look at understanding from different types of projects, kind of what are the statistical average for this project greenhouse gas emissions are and setting project level thresholds. That's where I think is the best route for us as a future. It's a little different than what we're seeing being proposed. We're seeing product level thresholds, which I think is extremely challenging for our industry defining what is that quote unquote product and how would we determine what these thresholds are. But in the long-term future, I think we should be working towards that dialogue of using EPDs as a data input to a broader LCA and how can we use that to inform our payment design decisions. CJ, do you want to add anything, what your thoughts are? Yeah, I think in the short term, the more corporate, more businesses that we have using EPDs, the better, because if we can understand what they're good for and what we can use them for as a industry, we can drive the regulation side of it like Heather was talking about. You don't want to be dragged behind, but if only a handful of these companies know what they're good for and know how to use them, most likely everybody else will get dragged behind, which can really mess up industries. Talking about how the tool can help you evaluate operations and it helps you with environmental reporting. I'm just curious what your perspective is with how many times the tool or looking at these different considerations where 
you find opportunities to reduce emissions or have less of an impact is also coupled with cost savings because a lot of times it seems like we're reducing our energy use. So there's a lot in my mind, there's a lot of times where those kind of are hand in hand, but I was just curious if that's been your experience as well. At least for me, that's more of like a long-term data set because I hear things all the time of, oh, if we do this, we'll reduce that. Or if we do this, we'll reduce this, which is all fine and good, except most of the time you can't quantify it. So we've discussed things like VFDs and soft starts on motors and things, and we know from experience that they are good and that they do what they say they do, but we're looking at them going, okay, they say they reduce, let's say it's 15%. They say they bring your energy down by 15%, but do they actually? And once you gather all this data, having the tool allows you to actually determine that. So as a corporation or as a company, you want to retrofit all of your controls with newer models of whatever. You can use the tool to determine what the payback period is and how you'll be able to pay it off, how quickly you'll be able to recoup the money you put into these plants. As a contractor that's looking at this, if you had one piece of advice to give another contractor that's looking at EPDs, and let's say a a lot of them are looking at it with a little bit of probably trepidation or a little bit of fear just because it is a whole brave new world that they're not used to. What's the one thing or the one piece of advice that you would give them? I'd like to hear from both of y'all. I know when it came to EPDs, one of the big the big concerns I was hearing was, you know, you plug in your mix designs into these things, and basically each EPD is per mix design. So when you go into the optimizer or into the EPD tool, you put your plant in there, and you have to upload a mix design to create the actual EPD. And one of the biggest fears that I heard was that People were concerned somebody would take your EPD and basically reverse engineer and figure out what your mix design is. And with the tool, it's not possible the way they have it set up. The amount of variables that, that go into the tool, it's almost impossible to figure that out. And I know that was a big hesitation for people to, well, what if? And it, it's really, it's, they can't. I think advice-wise, I would think I'd say hit the ground running with it and actually get through the EPD and it seems like it's a lot more work up front, but once you have it set up once, it's a cakewalk to be able to add other mixes or add other plants and stuff like that to be able to get more of the data. You can look at it and determine various things across the board. My one piece of advice would be that you would probably be surprised how many people are actually interested in the subject matter at your operations and companies. It may not be a lot, but there probably is one or two of them. And they just may not be as vocal about it. And so my one piece of advice is find that person that understands a little bit of either the plant or mixed operations, one of the two, because you know, or or both would be great, and is interested and passionate about analyzing data, energy efficiencies, or reducing greenhouse gases, you know, one of those areas. I think CJ is one of those individuals at our corporation. And I think that's why he has been able to grasp it and took it. I mean, I was impressed. I did not even show him the optimizer tool. He went on his own and figured it out and was showing me, oh, look at this. And you could do this and this and that. And he took it on his own. So 
every time that I've spoken about it, I've had other people come up in our organization and say, I'd really like to do that. Could I help? And so I think if you find those that are interested in it, and I think you'd be surprised that there are people within your organization that are passionate about it, they will really be able to take it and run. And I would start with them. And that's my piece of advice. Well, Heather and CJ, I really want to thank y'all for your time and and being on the podcast with us today. And want to wish you the best of luck moving forward and with, with CPI and Wiregrass and learning more about your companies as y'all develop more and more EPDs and encourage people to kind of help the industry move forward and learn more in this space. Thank you. I think the big takeaway for me today is just how EPDs are looking at your company's operations and thinking about environmental reporting can really incite some new understanding of how things impact your operations and possibly bring more eyes on decisions that are made and really help the company move forward, not just for the environmental impact, but for operational decisions that can actually save money or improve the operations. So I think that was my takeaway from today. There's that old adage, you can't improve what you don't measure because you never really know. And this is that first step in really measuring some of these things. Or And it may be reporting it in a way that we're not necessarily familiar with, but it's definitely ways to make your companies better, not just on the environmental side, plan inefficiencies and economics. And so I would encourage companies to look at it as an opportunity to grow, to become better and try it. Maybe it'll open your eyes to some new things. And so I really think it's going to be something that takes off over the next few years. And you're going to see more and more people asking for those numbers and requiring them in some cases like GSA is doing. But it's definitely something that I hope through a lot of Napa's efforts is going to make it less scary and less complicated and convoluted for the asphalt industry moving forward. Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about Napa. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Colleague. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.